Hey everybody, it's Connor uh, in the car, giving you another, I don't know, early show? I'm recording this in the afternoon, so it could be the Hoopercast early show, it could be the Hoopercast uh, afternoon show, uh, nearly evening show, who knows what time of day it will be by the time I'm done. Um, I owe you guys some content for screwing up the recording uh, this week for our regular movie hours, so I was like, oh, what what kind of, you know, sort of film news am I going to... Um, you know, uh, catch everyone up on these days and, uh, find myself able to talk about, uh, what's going to happen. And then, um, a big piece of film news hit me and, um, I'm not happy about it. Not happy about it. And, uh, I'm going to get right into it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to read you the headline. Okay. I know you know what's going on already. It's probably in the title of the episode. Here we go though. From Deadline. The Lion King follow-up set with Moonlight director Barry Jenkins to helm for Walt Disney Studios. The Lion King 2, directed by Barry Jenkins for Walt Disney Studios. So, I've made my um, opinions clear, I believe, on the live-action remakes of Disney. I hate most of them. Um... I like Aladdin, and uh, I really don't care much for the rest, slash I hate some of them. At the bottom of that pile is The Lion King. Now, again, you can hear me and Dustin. If you listen to the show regularly, Dustin and I talk about what's wrong with the this whole system in general, so I'm not going to bore you with my tirade about the studio system and the, the, the franchise. You know all that shit, okay? But... Um, this just this is uh, this sort of follows up on a few of the points that I constantly bring up about people and things surrounding this property. Number one, John Favreau is not returning for the se- not returning to direct this sequel. Okay, so and look, not that he comes back and directs the sequels to everything that he's ever made, but I don't. Uh, the, the point is, um, this reinforces my belief that John Favreau is in filmmaking now for the technological playtime. Um, the Lion King is a 1.5-ish... What, what, how much did Lion King make? $1.6 billion proof of concept. We can do an entire film that's photoreal, but it's made inside a visual effects volume. Here you go. I wish Here's our work. Here's all the money it made. I'll take my cut. Oh, you want to direct this sequel? Not really, no. I mean, I already did that. And, uh, oh, and this, this idea sucks. I definitely don't want to be involved in this. So I'll take a producer credit. I bet you how much you want to bet John Favreau gets a producer credit for this. Uh, so they're making a sequel to this. And the reason this is interesting is this might be one of the first times ever that I can think of. First thing I can think of, um, of a remake of a film, then getting a sequel that the original never had. Now, The Lion King has some direct-to-DVD stuff. It's got Lion King 1 and a half and Simba's Pride and all that stuff, whatever. And then there's this whole Lion Guard show on Disney or on, on Disney Channel. Um, so there's stuff. But this is an honest-to-God sequel with the CG live-action elements going on. And, uh, and it's... 
I, it makes me sad. Uh, it makes me sad uh, because um, it's very cynical of Disney and it's incredibly transparent what they're doing. They want money. They don't care about the property. They don't really care about their their golden age of animation, you know, anymore because they're in as much as it's valuable in terms of dollars. It's, oh, we, 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 we care about it because it will make us money in the future. It's just really, it's just so obvious. It's so transparent. It's so gross to me. Um, so here's, here's a little bit from the article. Um, Oscar winner Barry Jenkins set to direct the studio's follow-up to the 2019 blockbuster Lion King. Uh, Jeff Nathanson, who scripted the last installment, is back in the fold and has completed an initial draft of the script. I don't know what else Jeff Nathanson has written, but he didn't write that freaking film, man. Like, the... So, I, oh God! I, I would I would like to appeal to the Writers Guild real quick. How much of that original script came from the guys who wrote the original Lion King? Because a big issue I have with that film is that shot for shot, line for line, save a few, a remake, completely redone, copy and paste, and expected to be sort of called call you know put on a pedestal for being great just because you hear you know the circle of life again so jeff nathan says back to write the movie but why do i care about this he didn't do any work on the first one uh The film will continue the photorealistic technology that director john faber used in the 2019 version and in 2016's the jungle book there's no release date set for the Lion King follow-up or for the production start, but it is understandably a top priority. After that made, after the previous film made $1.6 billion worldwide. Uh-huh. Here's what the writer says next. They are keeping the logline under wraps, but I'm told that the story will further explore the mythology of the characters, including Mufasa's origin story. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Was anyone asking for Mufasa's origin story? When you have a character who is larger than life and their their sheer gravitas, their presence on screen is 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 meant to be something magnificent and 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 godlike in a way. Mufasa is a larger than life character. That's why when he dies in the film, it's supposed to be such an emotional shock to the audience as well as Simba. Or for for anyone who has a dad, which is everybody, but for anyone who has a a dad that they love and loves them, your dad is supposed to be ideally this this untouchable sort of idea, as well as a human person, or in this case, a lion. But so when something happens to your dad, and in movies when your dad dies, it's supposed to be really devastating. I mean, either parent, really, but but your dad especially is this, this, this symbol, you know. So, when Mufasa dies, that hurts. It hurts me. You know, my son gets kind of scared when he sees that scene. The idea is scary, right down to childhood. So. One of the reasons Mufasa is such a strong idea is that we see him through Simba's eyes. We see like, oh, we see him as this really great ruler who always makes the right decision. Except when he admits that maybe he doesn't. I'm only brave when I have to be. He, we, we, Mufasa is humanized in front of us as much as the character himself would to his own son. 
if they do an entire film about his origin story, we are over-explaining and over-identifying with Mufasa to where, yeah, maybe we get to know him better, but I, I think narratively it hurts the original film. Well, at this point, not the original film, because it's locked off in a pocket universe that can't be touched by these monsters in 2020. But, but it hurts the it hurts this it hurts the live action film. It hurts the 2019 version because now this character we're seeing. Oh, now we're reading into his backstory. It's the same potential problem with Darth Vader with the prequels. You're over-explaining this person's backstory where it wasn't really needed. Now that's arguable. I understand that. Some people might like to know more about Mufasa, and I'm not saying that a, a movie explaining someone's backstory can is, is always a bad thing. I'm just saying no one asked for it, and I'm not interested. So that's kind of like, oh, great, please don't do that. His next sentence is what pisses me off. Moving the story forward while looking back conjures memories of The Godfather Part Two. Set on the African plain with a continuation of the tradition of music that was a key part of the 1994 animated classic, the 2019 film, and the blockbuster Broadway stage transfer. The Godfather? We're, we're comparing this to The Godfather now. My God! You know what? <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. I'm about to lose my shit. We'll be right back. We're gonna be right back. I'm not through with this. I've 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 not I've not begun. All right, I'm back. Sorry. I uh, like I said, about to lose my cool there, and I had to take a phone call anyway. All right, continuing the story here. This is Jenkins' second film project at Disney, as he is also planning to direct a biopic of fan choreographer Alvin Ailey for Searchlight. Okay, I mean, that's Disney in, in ownership and not really the same at all. Uh, Jenkins competed for... Jenkins has completed for Amazon a limited series adaptation of Colson Whitehead's National Book Award and Pulitzer Prize winning The Underground Railroad, directing all the episodes and writing several of them. That's pretty cool, actually. Jenkins has separately scripted a drama based on the first American female Olympic boxing champ Clarissa T-Rex Shields and an adaptation of Netflix documentary... Virunga about the battle to save the Congo's mountain gorilla population. Uh, all right, so here's what Jenkins says about it. Quote, helping my sister raise two young boys during the 90s, I grew up with these characters. Having the opportunity to work with Disney on expanding this magnificent tale of friendship, love, and legacy while furthering my work chronicling the lives and souls of folk within the African diaspora is a dream come true. But the paycheck helps too. Uh, yeah, no immediate word, no immediate word on the cast. Um, yeah. So, um, again, I don't know who wants this, who asked for this, um, except for the board at Disney and, uh, a bunch of toy manufacturers who probably thought they could sell some stuff. So, um, yeah, just to remind you, um, this, we did this, we did this to ourselves um, a movie does not make $1.6 billion from people seeing it once and, you know, from, from, from it getting okay, you know, okay reception and people seeing it once that was, that's repeat viewings and that's people, that's word of mouth. Um, that's how billions of dollars get made, get, get paid to a film. So, um, you know, uh, 
I used to say, I used to say all the time, congratulations, Disney, you know, to all the stuff, you know, you did it. But at this point, I'm just so, I'm so frustrated. I'm not angry about it. Like, I, I, expe- I expected this. I didn't think they would do it, but I also didn't think they'd remake, you know, The Lion King and Aladdin and The Little Mermaid and Mulan and Cinderella. I didn't think they'd do any of that. And here we are. It's happening. The Jungle Book. So, you know, that, I mean, the, the game, the, the game's, the game's on. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's it. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. You know? We don't know what's going to happen now. We don't know what they're going to remake. We don't know any of that. Um, But uh, we know that whatever it is, even though we react this way, by the way, even though we react and say, oh, come on, or seriously, or oh, come on, y'all. Oh, shake my damn head. You know, people on social media, oh, shake my head. Oh, wow. You know, or the super cynical, this soulless corporation wants to siphon more dollars out of your wallet, and or 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 the super sentimental, yay, more Disney. It doesn't matter because what's going to happen is they're going to make it. It'll look good. They will market it out the wazoo, right? It's going to get marketed all over the place. Just the right hint of nostalgia. And you'll go, oh, that's familiar to me. I want to pay for, to see that. And they do it just seldom enough in a generation that people don't realize it's happening. They don't see the trend. There's too much shit going on. There's too much happening every day. Presidential debates and the coronavirus and the murder hornets and, you know, killer killer bees and, and, and you know... Buildings falling on people and natural disasters and mass shootings and crazy stuff happening. Sexual assaults. There's so much going on that if every now and then a movie gets marketed to you that plays on your nostalgia, which is so much, it's, it's, I mean, people, it's like, it's so weird. It's like people know it's happening. Everyone jokes that it's happening. You'll see memes like, oh, it's happening. Like, oh, but yeah, there's, they're talking about the gremlins and all this stuff. Like, but we don't actually go, Wait a second. I don't like this or I'm getting tired of this. Many people don't have that 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 tendency towards pattern recognition like that where they just go, has anyone noticed that in like the past 15 years the most of the movies that we've been paying to see are are built upon properties and especially when you get older, I mean, you think you know, you think it's weird when you're a third if you're a 30 something who's noticing this. What imagine if you're a Gen Xer. You're 40, 50 years old right now. Gen X right now is going like, yeah, Gen X hit this point five years ago or whatever. Like, okay, Transformers, great. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, all yeah, the Ghostbusters, cool, you know. But, like, it's it it's nothing new. It's just my, my generation's noticing it. But it is also happening more and more because it's the only way to make money in Hollywood anymore is existing IPs. And then we're getting back into the discussion of things we talk about on the show already. So... This is happening because this is all we will pay to see. But it's all we'll pay to see because the theater ticket price is so expensive. Because the exhibitors have to charge that much to make any money off the movie. Because the studios changed the price of how much it costs to even exhibit a film. And movie theaters suck now for the most part. And people have less money to carry around and spend. And a bunch of these factors add up over a decade and a half to... The only thing we're going to make are remakes. And then we're going to make sequels to those remakes. And that's just how it's going to be. So, what can we do to change this? Um, Not much. Probably nothing. (laughs) Good night, everybody. 
you vote with your dollar, you know? And it's hard because a lot of people like me who have kids, like, even though you know what's going on, you you go, oh, I'm certainly not going to pay to see that. Your children are going to see the marketing for this. If it's on television, if it's in, if they have tablets, they'll see like, you know, little ad rolls for it on YouTube. They're not going to be able to escape the knowledge that this is happening. Or if you actually take them to another film in theaters, if that will exist again, you know, in a year, then they're going to see the pre-roll, the, the, the ads before that. So they're going to find out about it. Daddy, can we see Lion King? And you can't tell a six-year-old. I can't tell my six-year-old, hey, listen, I need you to take my word for it. This sucks, and it's a really bad sign for everything, creativity, commerce, all of it. It's just a bad thing. Sorry, I had to answer the phone there. Uh, yeah, I can't just tell a six-year-old, hey, take my word for it, this sucks and you don't like this. You're not supposed to do that with kids. You can't just tell them, or you're not supposed to tell them, hey, this is what you should like and this is what you shouldn't like. You know, you impose your values on your kids. You try to guide them based on the values that you think are, are critical to development. But when it comes to like their interests and their artistic taste, you can explain to them why you like something when it's age appropriate, but you don't just tell them, hey, SpongeBob's dumb. We're not going to watch that because they'll they'll either like SpongeBob even more, or they'll even worse. They'll conform to your views, and they won't realize till they're much too old that they never thought for themselves. So I'm not going to tell my six year old, "Hey, this is stupid." But like sometimes you, when they ask you, like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I want to see the new Mulan, Daddy. I want to see Lion King too. I want to see the Cinderella." You're just like. Ugh. But that's, I guess that's the modern day cross to bear for parenting. You just have to watch a bunch of dumb things that you don't like, but, but, but are made for children. And because you're the one who had the children, you are paying for what, for these children to consume entertainment. So I'm going to probably end up seeing this thing. Not in theaters though, over my dead body. I'm not taking my kids to see this in theaters. I don't see the value. I don't see why I should go to theaters and pay for this film. Of course, I'm very much not into movie theaters at all uh, in general right now so even before the pandemic I was very I'm very down on the theater experience myself at least not more than like once or twice a year which puts me even you know pretty much right at the average American I think three movies a year is what they said the average person sees and even that's generous I think um okay so yeah that's happening um you're welcome and uh, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Um, maybe have some film news for you uh, tomorrow, Friday. Hope nothing. I hope it's. I hope it's good film news. But uh, that was the only piece of significant film news out there today. So and yesterday. So it's weird though. I will say. So I sent this to my friends, obviously, and we had some interesting responses to all, to this uh, this story happening. Um. So share the story. Um. You know, by the way, one of my friends said Aladdin sequel is definitely going to happen. Could probably see a Jungle Book one happening too. So this this may not be the first. You know, he says, make no mistake, this is precedent for them to do this for remakes that have already happened and those that will be successful in the future. Disney Film Studio outside of feature animation is a soulless shell of its former self. Um, he also said, also bad form to announce this on the same day that they announced that they're laying off you know, 28,000 cast members. Honestly, this movie announcement was probably time to help bury that news. And that's not the only thing that's going on, too. Um, Mulan is being critically panned, and there's stuff going on with its box office growth. So a couple bad 
Disney stories in the news. Hey, let's let's go ahead and announce this this director and this sequel happening. So, um, yeah, but it has a fifty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, um, right. All right, that's it. That's it. That's it for this little bite, this little nugget. Have a good one. Have a better day than than me after reading that story. Um, be good to each other. Check up on your friends. Get off the internet except to listen to this show, uh, get off social media, check in with everybody, invest in your relationships with people. And, uh, I'll see you soon.